Welcome to the Plymouth Meeting Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. Recently, the tire pressure warning light went off in one of our cars. Maybe this happened to you. Uh, and I, I expected this because of the cold weather, right? Because you see air molecules, they get cold and start to shrink closer together. So they, they, it takes up less space, right? And it affects tire pressure. I don't know. I think, I think that's accurate. But yeah, the, the light went off, okay? And um, as I've been reflecting on congregational ministry, and, and uh, you know, today's our annual congregational meeting, uh, and probably about... 40 minutes or so, uh, we'll, we'll see. I was thinking, if you don't mind, of, you know, let me compare ministry to, like, driving a car. There's, like, routine maintenance. You have to put fuel in the car, oil changes, and checking the fluids, and, and things like that, right? But sometimes, warning lights go off. And so, instead of driving the car, you have to take time to, to put air in the tires. At least, that's, that should be the appropriate thing to do. Right? And, and yeah, when these, when these lights go off, sometimes it's, it's hard to think about travel plans because of these, these warnings, these disruptions or distractions, detours and, and ministries. Sometimes there's things that come up that end up draining energy and kind of just end up being being like a a big deal and it's like forget about travel plans for the moment we just need to focus on this i don't know if you're 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 aware but our our church insurance decided to drop us over the last couple of months and so we had to shop for insurance as a church and let me tell you like they did not talk about that in seminary whatsoever you know or like like shopping for church insurance actually is a, like a stressful thing. It's not easy right now in this insurance world culture. But we did it. I do want to relay that to you. We, we did get some church insurance. But it's like, it's like things, there's, there's so much that can come up and, and hinder. But at the end of 2023, I felt like the, for the most part, this, this congregation was, was getting even keel. Even like budget-wise, like just to communicate again, like like we were running a deficit this year, and then like kind of at the end of the year we like got caught up and we got close to zero, close to budget. Like praise the Lord! Like it, this feeling of balance, even keel, like tire pressure is good. Okay, where are we driving to in twenty twenty four? And so I, I've been thinking about this over the the holidays here, and then on January fourth, I went to a meeting with a group of pastors in our area. And uh, we actually, we met at a, at a coffee roasters in Audubon, Pennsylvania. Um, Valero, Valerio, has anybody heard of that? It was, it was some good coffee. But we, we met up with these, these pastors and it was in the conversations as we're, we're sharing and just whatnot that this word partnership just kind of like dropped into my lap. And it was the type of, of feeling that it was like, this is a visionary word that was like given to me. It's like, this is something that, that God wants, like God was grabbing a hold of me, getting my attention. And it was like, this is something I want you to lean into, what I want PMC to lean into. If you have the right partnership put together, things can really explode and multiply. I mean, think about some of the famous 
partnerships that are out there. We'll start with a fun one. You know, back in the 50s, these teenagers named John, Paul, and George started playing together. Eventually, this guy who's supposed to be a drummer named Ringo joined in, right? Now, um, in tennis, Serena and, and Venus Williams, this power couple there, uh, Bill Gates and Paul Allen formed Microsoft. Nike and Michael Jordan, that's a partnership. William Proctor, James Gamble, we could go on and on. Bert and Ernie. No, like, um, Jesus had partners, his disciples. We're, we're, we're going to be in the book of Philippians in just a few moments. In verse 1, it says, Paul and Timothy. Okay, like, like it's right there in the letter. We, we assume Paul did most of the writing, but he's like, hey, it's Paul and Timothy writing to the church in Philippi. There's, there's partnership. Partnership. Our world is filled with partnership, and we rely on different kinds of partners to help us get by in life. And this makes sense because humans are relational beings. We, we need each other. It's hard to do life without some sort of partnership. So the travel plans this year for, for Plymouth Beating Church, it includes embracing a, a partnership mentality. And what that looks like is sort of like within our own church, our own congregation, of, of continuing to just grow closer together and get to know each other better and, and to just continue to, to work on this. Like, you know, we're a family of, of partners. We're all in this together. Let's keep working on that. But it's also, it's not just us. We're not just a bubble or a silo. But there are other churches in our area. There's other organizations or other ministers or parachurch ministries or just a, a gospel-centered, Bible-saturated person that has like a really good program or presentation. Yeah, like let's partner with them. That's what was kind of given to me, this, this vision through this word partnership. So doing and being the church can feel like we're we're switching metaphors, like if we're on a bicycle now, like, feels like we're pedaling uphill. And on one hand, that's, yeah, I, I feel it. Like, doing and being the church in America right now, like, it can be really, it's, it's hard. It can be hard. But on the other hand, that's a good thing if it feels like we're pedaling uphill, because that means we're taking on challenges. And we don't want to coast. We don't want to coast as a church. But here's the thing. Pedaling uphill doesn't have to be sheer brute effort. This is where partnership comes into play. One pastor describes it like riding an e-bike, an electronic bike. Does anybody have an e-bike here? Has anybody tried one out? Just Jess. What, what was it like? Well, I felt like a race car driver. <laughs> Okay. She felt like a race car driver and felt really cool. So an e-bike doesn't pedal for you. You still have to pedal, but it assists you. Okay? You still have to pedal, but there's help. This is what partnership looks like. Church partnership. And so I would like to take today and make it like a vision message for 2024. So instead of like Saying all of this at our congregational meeting, I'm saying it now in, in this message. 
And God led me to Philippians for today's scriptural wisdom. And so pulling from Philippians here, there's four initiatives that will, I believe, will assist our spiritual growth here at Plymouth Meeting Church. And if you like to take notes, or no, here's an outline, it's, it's also in your, your bulletin there. Plymouth Meeting Church, we will lean into gospel partnerships. And very similarly, we will value other partners in grace. And we will unite through the pathway of humility, and we will continue to be a praying church, praying for loving growth, love that's shaped by knowledge and, and insight, wise insight. So let's get started. Plymouth Meeting Church will lean into gospel partnerships. You can open up your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1, it's also on the screen here. Philippians 1, 3 to 6, Paul says, I give thanks to my God. For every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So Paul, he, he prays with joy. He's so excited. Every time he, he remembers the Philippian church, which, by the way, he, he founded. He is the church planter of this church. He prays with joy because of the partnership in the gospel. And he's very thankful for these gospel connections, this gospel partnership that's, that's going on there. And the basic idea of partnership, think of uh, the disciples who had their own fishing business. Andrew, Peter, James, and John, they, they were fishing partners. They, they also worked with uh, one of their dads. Um, and it's, that's the basic understanding. There's also ministry partners. Again, Paul and Timothy, kind of like the authors and, and the mind, the heartbeat behind this letter here. But it's a sharing mindset here. Paul is just so excited for this partnership. I just want to pause and talk about the religious background in the first century Roman Empire. That, that this was a, a time and a place where the landscape was just cluttered with emperor worship. And it was also where every city had its own local god or gods. And so there's pagan work, worship mixed with emperor worship. You, you have Rome and Caesar and religion all mixed together. And this is an understatement, but Rome didn't have a problem with Jesus being God or a God. What they had a problem with was the claim that Jesus is the only one and true God and King. That's where they had beef. But yeah, Paul, he was born in Tarsus, which is, I believe is modern day Turkey. He's Jewish. He was educated in Jerusalem, so he is ethnically Jewish, but he's also super religiously Jewish. He was a, a Pharisee, and, and he eventually converted to Christianity, if you know that amazing story. And then he becomes this representative of Jesus. So that's Paul. And then there's this church in Philippi, either one church or a group of house churches in Philippi. Philippi is a Roman colony. They look Roman. The, the Roman dress, Roman architecture, like they have a different whole setup up there. You have Paul, who's super Jewish. You have the Philippians, who, are, who look and act super Roman. But guess what? 
They all found Jesus. They are partners in the gospel. They are partners in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is not like bumping into somebody and you find out that you went to the same high school or something like that. To partner in the gospel is to partner in something that is way bigger than yourself. Way bigger than your church. The gospel is active. It is God's power to save. It saves, it is saving, and it continues to save. And so God is working in our life. God works in the church. And we believe that God does not stop mid-design. He who started a good work will see it to completion. And so for us, when we find gospel partners, whether it's people or churches, organizations, that is a reason to celebrate and to have gratitude and joy. Because we're reminded that that we're not alone. And we're reminded that our mission actually isn't ours. God has a mission. God has a church and churches for his mission. We're not alone, but we graciously get to share in God's big message and mission of restoration. And so Plymouth Meeting Church is not just a partner in the gospel, but also we are partners in the grace of God. Grace is the reason we are here. And so I propose that our second initiative for this year is that Plymouth Meeting Church will value other partners in grace. Paul continues on in verse 7. Indeed, it is right for me to think this way about all of you, Because I have you in my heart. And you are all partners in grace. Partners with me in grace. Both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how deeply I miss all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. So Paul, he really misses his friends. And he identifies them as what? Partners in grace. Grace is the unmerited favor and and kindness from God. We get to be partners in the gospel because of God's grace towards us in the first place. And I want you to know this. I want you to know this. God is generous with his grace. So here's, here's an observation. Some churches like to grumble. And if you don't know what a church grumble is, ask your neighbor later on today, and I'm sure they would tell you. Okay? Some churches like to grumble, and maybe, maybe there, there are some good reasons, and, and there's a, you know, churches aren't people, people are messy, absolutely, right? But perhaps churches grumble because they don't have a sharing mindset, but a competitive one. They think that if they put in the work, if they do the stuff, if they do the thing, then perhaps they deserve <clears throat> blessings and goodies from God or whatever the case may be. Paul worked really hard for the gospel. He kicked butt for Jesus and he ended up in prison. But Paul is not interested in ranking how much grace he thinks he should get. He simply thinks, hey, whether I'm in jail or out defending the gospel or defending the gospel in jail, this Philippian church, my brothers and sisters, 
they are in my corner and I'm in theirs. Because we are all partners in grace. We share the same salvation. All of us in this room, we have different like salvation stories, conversion stories. When we had a real encounter with, with Jesus. Maybe it was one big moment, maybe it was a string of multiple events. And... But we are all saved from sin to Jesus. To, to this new life of freedom and forgiveness, right? Like it's the same salvation. We share the same salvation. We are all partners in grace. Nobody's like, I get salvation plus, or like the deluxe package or something, or like, you know, kids have like salvation junior. That's not what, no, we are all partners in grace. And there is a one church mentality that is all over there, all over the pages of the New Testament. So as you think about your salvation, as you think about the grace of God, let grace be the way you see things. And so in application, just to put it this way, what this looks like is, is perhaps this. It's resist the temptation to put on grumble goggles. Put on grace goggles every day. Resist individualistic labeling. Don't think of this room as being filled with a bunch of individuals. But look around. We are all partners in grace together. And it's not just us. We are a part of a denomination. We have sister churches. We are in the Penn Jersey district of the EC church, right? But even those who are not in our denomination, there's other gospel churches in our area. There's other churches. Some of them might have different expressions, or maybe they, they land a little bit differently on what we would call a non-essential. But if they're like, you know, yeah, like a gospel Bible church, they, they, they are around. Again, let's celebrate that. Let's look for them. Perhaps we could or should reach out and partner, maybe. We'll let God lead the way. I want to encourage a partnership mentality here. So focus on what brings us together, what holds us together, instead of differences, preferences, the cul-de-sac of worship wars, <laughs> the non-essentials that, that could separate us. And so if we want to be a church that is free from grumbling, rivalry, competition, that's going to require a united effort of humility. And so our third initiative is this. Plymouth Meeting Church will unite through the pathway of humility. Listen to Paul's heart here in chapter 2. He says, If there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation or comfort of love, if any fellowship, that's actually the same word, partnership there, if any partnership with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. 
And then Paul gives a wonderful poem about Jesus Christ, his example, self-emptying, his obedience, his humility-driven posture. And Jesus sets up a tall order of what humility looks like. So as a faith community, a faith community of of gospel partners, we will humbly co-serve one another. So I want you to think about like unity and like spiritual unity. Where, where does that come from? It, it comes from within. If something is in the way of gospel partnership, more external laws or threats, ultimatums, external pressure, that, that doesn't build unity. True unity is a heart issue. It's a heart issue. It needs to come from the inside out. And so what that means is perhaps the death of pride, selfishness, unhealthy ego. I have it. You have it. We, we, we have this stuff. It needs to go. It needs to get nailed to the cross. So we humble ourselves and we serve Christ. And we serve Christ by serving others. Okay? Sometimes... Okay, you, you, you might think like this. It's like, I know what I'm doing. Like, why can't I just do stuff for me? Like, like life will just go better if I live for myself. Okay? Okay, that, that's the temptation. That's the trick. Why do we have to put others first? Well, to keep it short, when we put others first, it pulls us together rather than pulling us apart. It doesn't mean we become religious doormats. It doesn't mean we become punching bags. As partners, with one purpose, we move together. When our church life is put together, the gospel advances. When we are like-minded, when we have the same love, when we are one in spirit and mind, the gospel advances. Why are we here? Discipleship. Make disciples of all nations. Advance the gospel. So I believe God wants to advance the gospel in Plymouth Meeting and beyond. And I agree with Paul. Unity is a big deal and it will take effort. Unity does not come from the top, but it takes participation. And Paul says to the church, he says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is working in you to will and to work according to his good purpose. And so as as partners in grace, Plymouth Meeting Church will continue to work out our identity, our vocation as, as restored image bearers. We're working it out with reverence and respect. We're being sensitive to God. This is a, a, a continual project that all of us are working on. Continuation. Gospel-shaped Living, We're working to cultivate gospel-shaped lives here as we stand in awe of the profound reality of God and his gospel, of what God has done through the work of Jesus Christ. God is working in us. He's growing us. But again, growth and unity, it doesn't just happen. Spiritual formation doesn't just happen. We have a responsibility. There is participation. And we are to work on cultivating 
In English, in this translation, they say work out. I think the word cultivate would be a really good word to use here in the translation. Cultivate gospel community within the church, and we are to pursue spiritual maturity together. And then Paul adds this little stinker. Do everything without grumbling and arguing. It's hard to be humble when you grumble. When you grumble, it's hard to be humble. So again, take off the grumble goggles. There is space for for constructive critique and lament and mourning. There is a place and space to process negative stuff and frustrations. And by all means, we're human, right? Like, yeah, we need space. The, the church is the, that space. Like, we need to make space for that. And so I'm not, I'm not talking about that. But I'm, it's, it's, the, it's, it's when we actively let it just tarnish us and the, and the faith community, the communal living. And so every day, Give your heart and your mind some space. Start the day with Jesus. End the day with Jesus. So that you can put grace goggles on. So that you're ready to love and serve others. And a great way to love people is to pray for them. In our fourth initiative, I won't spend a long time on it, but it's very important. Plymouth Meeting Church will pray for loving growth. Paul says... Back in chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, he says, I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment so that you may approve the things that are superior or like best so that we know like what the best thing is. Okay, the best thing for us so that we may, Paul is praying that we may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to to the glory and praise of God. And you may copy and paste this and use this as a prayer for our church. Pray that Plymouth Meeting Church grows in love. That Plymouth Meeting Church will flourish. That we, we multiply. Pray that we can be a church that's committed to, to saying like, hey, in a couple years we're going to church plant. Pray that our love and grow, that our love will grow in sincerity. Pray that it's a mindful love, not just a gushy, gushy love. Like, no, it's, it's a love shaped by reality, by truth and facts, right? It, it's a love that, is, that has knowledge, a love that discerns, a love that has sound ju- judgment, wise insight. Pray that we grow in Jesus and that we are filled up in Jesus. That we can be a church that's filled with the fruit of righteousness, right, rightness, right usefulness, right living, justice, things like that. And so the partnership mentality, with the partnership mentality and traveling the pathway of Christ Jesus in his humility, following that example, and, and being a church that prays for growth, specifically growing in love that's shaped by knowledge and wise insight. I, I believe these are good initiatives. These are good travel plans for us. So yes, 
we are a smaller church. And we have limited resources. We still have to peddle our own ministries. We still need to start new ones and refresh others. And we still need to calibrate. We still need to peddle our own ministries. And also, there's other like-minded churches and gospel organizations out there that could come in and assist our growth. And so now I just want to end what it looks like, what it possibly could look like. I'll start with this Saturday. Again, this is, this is my, my friend, my pastor friend. His name is Matt. He's the pastor at Valley View Community Church in Audubon. And this church is putting on a prayer workshop. It's this Saturday, 9 to 1. Okay? And you can register. You can see the, the flyers out in the hallway. Can we do a prayer workshop here? We certainly can. We can also join in with, with them. A winter prayer workshop. It also looks like Saturday, February 10th at 11 a.m., Carol Poole, coming down from Boyertown, Pennsylvania. Carol's a great communicator, a writer, and a speaker. She's also a pastor's wife. She's married to Pastor Leslie Cool, partnering with people in our, our district. Partnership might look like partnering with our neighbors. Something that we're kicking around is we want to do some sort of yard sale event in the spring, and we're already talking with some of the, uh, the households in our neighborhood, like, like, yes, yard sales are cool. They never stopped being cool. Like, like let's, let's do a yard sale event and build it up and kind of, let's partner with them, all right? And then we're also dreaming really big, all right, where we have this crazy idea, this wild idea of partnering with the entire township and somehow, that's the key word, somehow getting the word out that when we do the 4th of July parade, we're going to invite the entire township to bring out canned food. And we're going to fill up trucks and wagons. And Are you in? Does that sound awesome? Like, what if we partner with the whole township? So... Of course, there's other workshops and seminars, and you might be thinking of somebody of like, oh yeah, it'd be cool to bring them here, or like, what if we did our own workshop, or like, dream big, church. And it's, it's not just us, but there's others out there that we, we can partner with. And I think this is how Paul saw the world. A bunch of gospel communities, these little satellite places, partners in ministry. And it's not just like us using them, but partnership, it's, it's relationship. And so with relationship, we're going to continue to, to lean into that. And we are going to pray for our churches and other ministries. And we're going to pray for our churches around the world. We're going to keep fostering relationship. And so in closing, I think God is saying this 150-year-old car is still fit to drive. And we're not alone. And so partnerships, relationships, connections. We are going to use resources that he already has in the kingdom of God. We don't need to reinvent that wheel. But we can latch on. And I think what it looks like to give one...
final illustration. It's like a net. Okay, the disciples didn't fish with one pole. They had a net, okay? And they spent time mending their nets. And so if we partner with Valley View and we partner with Hatfield EC and Trinity Boyertown EC and some other, you know, gospel, uh, you know, group or something, as we all hold the net together, that's, that's the network of relationship right there. And yeah, we're going to collect, we're going to collect the fish and, and people are going to start swimming in the same direction. And so when we partner with each other and other churches, with other ministries, and with our friends and neighbors, we partner for the glory and mission of God. Let us close in prayer.